can just do some math talk or something. Yeah, to, okay, yeah, let's do it. Okay, you got us going. Okay, right? run a hundred. This is our million. 2000 show. We'll just pretend it's our 2000. It's no. either more or less than 2000. <laughs> <laughs> One of those. No, I, um, I'm always down to talk maths, of course. That's the team that we cover. So who, what is there about the Mavericks we can't talk about? We can, we can talk through and through, unlike some of your friends that seem to think you should blow this thing up. <laughs> you know what? I get like, I get being emotional about the team mm-hmm. and the sports that you follow, but you know, I, I just, I haven't at any point this year, Harp, looked at the team and said, oh, this is what the Dallas Mavericks are. Mm-hmm. And, you know. It's I, impossible, too. Right. And I'm not, they, they, you know, it's not about making excuses. It's just about how do you analyze what you have and what it can be. Mm-hmm. And you know what else is kind of happening, right? And I started thinking about this a couple days ago, Harp. Remember when Porzingis came back last year mm-hmm. and he didn't quite know how to fit in yet? Yeah. And Carlisle got him. I say Carlisle, it's the whole staff. But they got him focused in on defense first, mm-hmm. and then everything fell into place. Yeah. Yeah. His shots were in the places he needed them. Yeah. The game came to him. And we had that really good stretch when we had all of our players, mm-hmm. except for Porzingis, playing good defense. Yeah. And that's one of the things that has subsided during the stretch of right. guys being away because of COVID and guys coming back. That early on, that defensive identity – has been lost, and I feel like if they could get that back, everything else will fall yeah. in place. I mean, first of all, COVID. You, yeah. you, you said the word COVID. That, right. that has created a very unprecedented situation in itself, not only for the Mavericks, but for the NBA in general. There's, mm-hmm. I think the, the most games that's been missed is like six games, and I'm not sure what team that is. I think it's uh, – I'm not really sure, so I don't, I don't want to just throw – any number out there, but I know Phoenix has missed some games yep. because of it. And that's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Players are going to miss games, important players, because the four guys that we had out, I said last night, most of them are two-way players. Right. And there's no replacing two, two, uh, two-way players on any basketball team. So mm-hmm. as a result, we get off to a good start defensively, our offense not in sync, right? You know, uh, through through the, the the great defensive run, the first eight to ten games, right? So you 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 you're trying to get new guys ba- back and and acclimated to to the system. None of them have played with KP. I think right. you said that last night. None right. of these guys have been on the floor with KP, who was late getting back. So the cohesion isn't there, mm-hmm. is what I would say. And I'm like you, I'm not going to make an excuse. You know, you got to win games in spite of to stay afloat, to right. stay intact with everybody else. But if you're going to ask me if this is the Dallas Mavericks, and you know, like you know, I don't tweet, but I do check it out, mm-hmm. and I do hear some some uncivilized things right. that people are talking about, and I just don't agree with them. Um, I think Luca is too good. I think overall, this team is better defensively. And will find their niche as a team. They always do. Right. I mean, just when you start to think the Mavericks are this, they're that, get rid of everybody like we were just talking about, then they pop up and they run off three or four games in a row. One thing I know about this team, they're not going to lose and, and it not bother them and they not come back and respond like you expect a, a, a good team to respond to. So, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, my, my, I'm a little concerned, though, offensively. Yeah. 
and mainly because this team was so, so good last year offensively. I mean, they set new records Mm -hmm. for offensive rating last year, which means that they were more efficient than any team in the history of basketball, right? right? Including those Golden State juggernauts. I mean, they were more efficient. Right. It's fact. I mean, they they, they set unprecedented records. So I'm a little bit concerned there, but I'm also confident that, you know, the staff, Coach Carlisle, I mean, they've forgotten more offense than I know. Right. So <laughs> I, I just think they'll figure it out, man. And I um, I still like the Mavericks. I still yeah. like them as a, as a contending team, a, a really solid team that can make some noise come playoff time. Here's where – I mean, I'm frustrated at times with how they've played, but I just I, – I see where it can be better than what we're seeing. Yeah. And I believe it'll be better than what we're seeing. And, you know, one of the reasons why – they had those ridiculous offensive numbers last year is guys like Maxi and Dorian took advantage of the opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, again, everyone's dealing with COVID. Everyone's yeah, dealing with weird times. It, there, yeah. These aren't excuses, but they are facts. And so I look at this as it's a work in progress that's going somewhere. They did want to put more emphasis on defense and mm-hmm. energy towards defense. And so obviously there's going to be a lag better. there. The only thing that if if I have you know here a, a fan or a media person like really complaining that I agree with is all right you can't fall so deep into the hole that you're playing the Lakers in the first round right. you don't want to be the eight seed there right you go. Um, but I still think you know it's so early in the season they're only three games out of the fourth seed mm-hmm. and so if you're telling me that you don't think the Mavericks can have a run where they win eight out yeah. of ten I would disagree with that you know I don't like that. Is so er- that early thing, right? You know what I mean because it'll get late in yes, a hurry. In a you hurry, know that yes. too. And I'll go back to this: and the West is still the best conference. And I know everybody is going to the East. KD, mm-hmm. uh, Harden, all right. those guys have have ended up in the Eastern Conference. The West is tough. Yeah, I mean, we watched Denver the other night. They lost Murray in mm-hmm. the in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Deep team. Mm-hmm. That team last night. Or the Utah Jazz. Whew. That's a good team, man. The that, Jazz are the wrong team to play right now if you're working oh, your players back in because they are man. eating. I, and I knew they were good, but then sitting there with you and Mark last night or, or, or watching them play the other last night, yep. it it gave me a, a new um, respect for them as a basketball team. I, I think Snyder as a coach is underrated. Yep. I think he has those guys – comfortable in what he expects out of them, man. And they did it without Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Do you, do you ever – Do you ever? this ever happen to you when doing a game? Because I know you – I mean, we're Mav people. Your number's right. retired by the Mav. We love yeah. the Mavericks. Oh, absolutely. But I love good basketball. And so sometimes, like last right. night, I don't want to just start heaping praise on the Jazz, but I'm watching them right. going, I love the way they play. Yeah, love it's not the way about they play. heaping praise. We praise – the Mavericks, right. like you say, that's our team. But when a team is doing what they did yeah. last night, I mean, you gotta, you gotta support it. What? Otherwise, like, you lose credibility. You lose cre- skin. Yes, as as a radio person, as a, right. as a color person, you right. lose credibility. People, are, Christina can see what's going on. Yeah. Now she doesn't. You, you people don't. People are crazy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna support the Mavericks and, until I can't support them. But when I see a team as efficient as mm-hmm. Utah was last night, I mean, this team is in the top five defensive rating, offensive rating. Uh, they have the six-man-of-the-year candidate in Clarkson, yep. who had 31 points last night, who just had a phenomenal games. 
Joe Ingles, I, I like Joe. I uh, think yeah. you might like him a little bit more than I like him. Yep. You know what I mean? But they have some guys. He's coming off their bench. He started for Mitchell. Yep. And this team didn't skip, skip a beat. Mm-mm. I mean, they went out there and they, they laid down the, uh, the hammer a little bit last night against Dallas. And, again, I thought the Mavericks would come out. And I listened to a little bit of the post game, and Coach Carlisle was talking about defensive disposition. Mm-hmm. That's why I say I was surprised because right. you were getting that back from Dorian. Can't control shots. That's right. Russ. You can't control a lot. You know, Dorian's t- not going one for six every night. Not going to go right. one for six. Right. But you can control your effort. Yep. Tired or not tired, you can control the disposition that you display on the defensive side. And I didn't. That's what surprised me about Dallas. I didn't think that that Dallas would come out that lackluster. I thought on I the thought, defensive end of the floor, and and you know there's there's the effort parts, and then there's the scheme parts. So in the first half, we were clueless against that pick and roll. Like we weren't doing the things that we were supposed to do. Ooh, is it someone special? It's just mine. Okay, so here's an inside secret if you're listening right now. <laughs> there's some special things that may be happening on this podcast, but we don't want to spoil it yet. So just know that some special things may be happening. Really? I don't know. Okay, coming up next, something special is going to happen on this podcast. Skin, you know, Skin and I worked the broadcast uh, along yeah. with Mark Follower. I know that. I know yeah, yeah. That. And um, I, know that, man. Yeah. I just want to make sure you 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 on board because we th- this is just an opportunity, man, for you to express yourself. Sweet. You know, as an ex Maverick, all that nonsense. You know, what I mean, I mean your 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 career. I'm gonna put it like this, Josh. Your career was spectacular, right? Yet I feel like, per you know how I feel I mean, personally. I we that. talk all the time. I feel personally that. You haven't gotten your due, you know what I mean, as a player for the Dallas Mavericks. Surely you went on to Detroit, won two championships, all that that stuff. Mm -hmm. I sent that same video that I sent to you. Mm -hmm. I sent it to Skin as well. Just so so people know how valuable you were and the standard you set for this organization, man. I I feel like your jersey should be retired. I'm trying to convince my boy Skin of that. Well, you know, I think – and, and I look at it in this light, you know, is that um, you learn as you go through your life and through the NBA and then just the culture that you're living in. You learn, you know, you learn all those things. And um, and uh, when I look back at our basketball team and uh, I look at the way we were built, I look at, you know, the things that were implemented in our in our uh, organization mm-hmm. and um, the biggest word I can come up with is young <laughs> you know I mean not just from the basketball standpoint from you know everybody that was involved even the front office mm-hmm. yeah well it was said. it was young right you know and there after going through this journey and uh being fortunate to uh play on a championship team uh by kind of looking from the outside even when I was there I could see things that were um different stages and different pillars and different things that you have to uh, accomplish and establish as a, a organization in order to get through because everybody doesn't want to see you win. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody doesn't want to see you win. And there are certain things that I would say you basically have to keep inside the family. Right. You know, and, and there, you know, it's very important because, you know, um, uh, you know, you got half of the people want to see, you win and half the people don't want to see you win. 
and um, our organization was so young, even though from our foreign office standpoint, we were the model franchise. Right. But there were a lot of people that didn't want to see us be the model franchise. Right. And um, they, um, you know, it was a kind of a, a situation where we're being so young, we were um, kind of a, a pillar set to divide us, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I'm giving this to you because I, I don't, I haven't given this to anybody else. All right. But That's uh, amazing. You know, pillars are set to divide you. I saw them and I sat and talked with them with the, you know, a lot of the organizations after I got older, and um, we were we were uh, progressing this very fast, right. you know, for us to do what we did yes. in four, three years. You know, we were in the playoffs, and then we won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And, Y'all beat uh, Seattle in your first yeah, ever series. Yeah. So that was like everything was fast, right. and we were, you know, a model franchise. But I think um, in that position, um, I think um, we got to fill in ourselves as an entire organization. Mm-hmm. And um, we, um, we ran into landmines, which people, you know, you know unconsciously, uh, planet in our organization, and um, and then it whittled down into a basketball team. We were divided because, you know, as I learned playing and listening to, you know, the Boston Celtics because I was playing them a lot in right. Detroit, right? Uh, listening to those people, and um, what I saw was was that even though you were a part of the franchise, one of the biggest things is that that locker room has to be complete, tight. Mm-hmm. I mean, really tight. That means like if you're my brother playing basketball, uh, even though there are some things about you that are not right that we have to discuss and and hammer out, um, there's you don't let that out in the locker room. Right. You know, uh, that's the easiest way to divide you. And, uh, and our, our Maverick team was – so divided it was it was extremely divided you know and and it just you know it it, it hammered us and uh we didn't know we were young we let, didn't know. let me ask you and i want to and harps heard my perspective on this because mm-hmm. the age i'm at i'm growing up with the mavericks right mm-hmm. i'm lucky because my dad's got season tickets i'm at every game and mm-hmm. i'm just so invested in the team right gotcha. and now you know i'm older and i work in media and i see how media works right but when you're <laughs> right, when right. you're 12 you don't know how media works <laughs> no, no. and so and i've told harp this so the perception the outside perception right. is that you guys have that meteoric rise. And for our young listeners, when Mark says the model franchise, that's literally what in sports circles the Mavericks were talked about. Yeah. Like there's rules in place today. There's one rule called the Stepien rule. So you can't even do how the Mavericks were built. Like mm-hmm. you guys ascended so fast. Yeah. And all the draft picks were the right picks, et cetera, et cetera. And then when it cratered, it cratered so hard. And you, from the perception standpoint, you were the scapegoat. Like, I, I've told Harp this. At the time when Dick Mata just abruptly quit, it was in this shroud of mystery. But I didn't, whatever reason, I didn't have the negative feelings towards Coach Mata that were heaped on you yes. when the trade to Detroit happened. And then not only that, we get Adrian Dandley. He's old. He doesn't want to be here. So that makes the situation worse. There's the Roy Tarpley situation. Mm-hmm. People never even talk about the fact that we just let Sam Perkins walk for mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. So, like, as fast as everything happened that was beautiful, it went the other way just that fast. Yeah. And in the 90s is, like, the worst decade of sports ever for a team. 
And so from the fan perspective, they're like, well, what the hell did Aguirre do to cause all this to happen? Like, you were the scapegoat. And so what I want to know is what you were experiencing that time period and knowing what was going on and seeing what you saw versus what you know now. Do you feel like you would have done things differently or spoken out differently? Or how do you view all that now that you've got all the experience that you have? Um, in hindsight, you can you can always say that. Sure. Yeah, you can always say that. But I think the biggest thing that was going on back then, is, as Derek knows, is that, you know, uh, being around uh, Magic, being around the birds, being around – I was around them all the time. Right, right. You know, not when I was with my teammates. And, um, you know, I observed what they were doing. You know, I want to win a title. Right. So – and um, – and then when I look at hindsight, what we were doing is that I didn't um, – I um, was in a position where from the beginning I wasn't put in a position to be able to even uh, have a dialogue to hammer it out with our organization. Right. And meaning that it was never, never about me. You know, I mean, one instance, it was, you know, it was about Derek Harper. Mm-hmm. It was like um, I wanted to express to them that, you know, um, it, Brad's, you know, a great player. He played well for us, but, you know, I'm out and here. And you fought for me. Yeah, I fought you for did. you. I yeah, owe you yeah. a lot yeah, because I fought of that. for you, yeah. yeah. You know how I feel about Brad. Absolutely. I love him. Yeah. Absolutely. love Brad. Right. But you fought for me. Well, it was you that gave me that spoke up and got me the opportunity to yeah, be a starter in the NBA. Yeah, but Brad, Brad was – Great guy. I mean, he's the one. Uh, no, I think I haven't told anybody this story. Is that I think I was in a slump in Houston uh, for our first playoffs game. I mean, the worst I've ever played in my entire life to this day. And um, uh, you know, Brad came by and knocked on my door. Brad never knocks on my door. Nobody knocks on my door. <laughs> what are you doing, Brad? You know, he say, "Look, you need to come with us." I say, "What do you mean? I need to come?" With us? I had never hit a golf ball before, so. Brad took me to a driving range on our day off in Houston, mm-hmm. and he said, hey, look, come on and go off with us. All right, look, man, I'm shooting 20% from the field. <laughs> I'm a one of five. You know, I'm just awful. I mean, I'm awful. And, um, you know, to make a long story short, he took me to the driving range, and I was hit. Yeah, I told you about that. I was hit, trying to hit this ball, and I couldn't. And he said, I say, well, you go, you guys go, and I'm going to try to hit this golf ball. You know, so they went out and played around. And I'm there four hours trying to hit this freaking golf ball. <laughs> and um, to make a long story short, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean, the most points I ever scored in a quarter came, or oh, the best game I had in the playoff came after yeah. that. And it was the fact that he just came to me, and he knew what he was doing because uh-huh. he was an older player. Right. He It was a release from me in order to – just forget it for right. a minute, you know. Right. And um, so it's nothing. Uh, it was nothing against Brad. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, when I said Derek Harper, you gotta, you know, we gotta get him in the lineup, mm-hmm. you know. And um, you know, and I'm sure Brad realized that too. Yeah, Brad, Brad, Brad wanted to win games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to win games. You right. know, that's all he ever wanted to do. I mean, this guy was toot my horn way back. So, um, you know, and things like that as a franchise. And as you know, those are internal things that uh, you discuss. And Brad knows into him. He he even said a couple of times before that he said, you know, we got to put Harp in the game. So you know, um, uh, our franchise was just totally um, 
it was not in the same sync with getting better as a unit, you right. know, and um, that is affect- that from the top down. I don't. Well, it didn't. It didn't catch. We didn't. We didn't meet that medium, and I was considered like you know, starting stuff. You know, I mean, with um, you know, jeez, uh, uh, with Roy. You yeah. know, with Roy. I say, look, now people don't know Roy lived his. All them years that he played here, he lived with me. I never knew that. Yeah, because he had issues. Right. You know, right. and um, when we told we were going to draft him, I went and had, you know, lunch with him and said that, you know, the only way these this team is going to pick you is, you know, you got to do some things. You got to do some things. And then I told uh, Mr. Carter that I got him. He's going to live with me. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you know if he's living with me, nothing's going to happen. And um, nothing did happen. You know, I think all of those things happened after I left. Uh, right. he, he was playing well before he, I left. He, he yeah. was. I, I remember a game, and I can't remember everything runs together. I can't remember if you had been traded or if it was the, the tail end of you being there. But I remember a game where Roy came off the bench and destroyed Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he oh, was at yeah. reunion. Oh, he yeah. destroyed Pushed him. Pushed the ball his chest. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and that was, you know, people lump all of that stuff together mm-hmm. as all the stuff, you know. But but even like, you know, Coach Mata just abruptly quitting after we had traded Dale and all that stuff. For that that's over here, and then over here is like okay. Well, the team collapsed once Mark forced himself out yeah, here. Yeah, that's the and way that, it looked. that's the perception no. of no. what it through, is. Through all of that, would you do anything different? And I think that's what that's what you're asking. What would you do different, Draws? If you if we could go back, if you could push the the button, the rewind button, mm-hmm. go back. Mm-hmm. Would you do anything different? Um, At 20, you were what, 25, 26-year-old? I, I, I don't really even remember how old you were at the time. But to your point earlier, when you're young, you're naive. You say things, you do things. I know yeah. I did yeah, throughout my career. Yeah. I made a lot yeah. of mistakes, said yeah. a lot yeah. of different things that, yeah. that I wish I hadn't said. So the question is, what would you change about your eight, nine years, eight and a half, well, nine th- years? There are some here? things you would definitely. Everybody has those, yeah, right. but I think um, I think the biggest thing that I would probably do uh, as pertaining to our organization is that, from the terms of, well, I couldn't really do them because I wasn't aware. Mm-hmm. of what it was, you know, and I, I just always fought for things that, or at least bring them to the table or discussion that things weren't right with our organization mm-hmm. or w- with with us as a team. And, um, you know, I, for example, when they came in, and supposedly it was a big contract then. Um, oh, geez, did I take heat for that? Uh, I um, They were about to, you know, give me this contract. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roe doesn't know it, but it was like, you know, you're finna, you're finna mess with our team. Mm-hmm. I, I know you want to pay me, mm-hmm. but there is no way I can go in that locker room, right? Having that disparity mm-hmm. of of money and salary. See, I didn't, that's no, yeah. you didn't know that. Well, and I told them that um, we're doing well and we're doing good in this season. You can't do that in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. And when you do it, you got to pay. You got to pay Rolando. Mm-hmm. You have to pay Rolando, 
and then you're going to have to pay Jay Vincent. Mm -hmm. But they end up trading Jay. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was, you know, trying to do things with Detlef Shrimp. I, I, that's one I really feel bad about. Mm -hmm. The fact that after they, you know, things started shaking a little bit, um, they brought Detlef in. Mm -hmm. And I think that was like my third year. That sounds about right. 87-ish, 86-ish, somewhere. about my third year, okay. something like 86, that. 86, 87. Somewhere in there. Yeah, and um, I, I, to this day, uh, apologize for what I did to him. What did you do to him? Just destroyed him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. That's I, pretty, uh, okay, I I'm not trying to make uh, excuses for uh, you, but isn't that pretty standard back then? If a young guy comes in at your position, the vet's going to give it to him? Yeah, but that, the way, <laughs> yeah, but the way I did it. You know, the way I did it. I mean, like. Were you a dick? No, I just hurt his confidence. Oh, oh. You know, I mean, it took it took yeah, him a it was, while. Like somebody was trying to take food off of your table. Yeah, well, it was more of, you know, that non-communication between me and the organization. I mean, you, you, you know, Dick, I, I don't know. If, I don't think Dick liked me at all. You know, I as really an outsider, don't. I would say Dick Mata didn't like Mark Aguirre, yeah, but it's like you guys didn't talk publicly about one well, another. He just said yeah. it. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. think he liked me at all. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is that um, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for what I think is right, and I've always done it, and I've always gotten in trouble for it. You know, I'm gonna fight. You know, I mean, I fought for my geez in in Austin High School on the deepest west side of Chicago. There are no white people. And uh, my uh, coach that I first went to, his name was Gary Peckler. And uh, he was probably the only white coach on the West Side. Mm -hmm. And um, when I came in, um, they, oh, we might have something here. But there was an assistant coach named Felix Brown. And uh, Gary had been fighting at Austin for years. And he finally got a team. And the uh, principal snatched and fired him. For no reason at all. So, uh, you know, just to give you a story back. So my, you know, I'm built that way. Like, so at that point, what you've done is wrong. You know, I'm transferring. Mm -hmm. That's almost, you know, I'm transferring. Right. I left there and went to Westinghouse. So, you know, I can't take, um, and so far, I can't take a scenario where I'm playing with you and I'm in conjunction with you. And I see you being done just wrong. It's it's right. it's it's not right, you know. And um, I speak up for it. I, I will verbally. I'm not a, a politician. I'm right. not a politician at all. I I probably should have took political science or something. But <laughs> we need fewer know, politicians. But, in this but, world. Um, man, right shit. but uh, <laughs> I got in trouble probably eighty percent of the time. And then I'm a little more vicious than I think people want for me to be. For standing for what you perceive as right. Correct. I want to discuss it. I mean, yeah. at least let me know why. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so you know that that was a problem. And then I played kind of, I you know Jekyll Hyde a little bit because once I got between the lines, it was you know I was different. I, mm -hmm. I honestly know I was different, and I couldn't I couldn't help it. Like that. Well, that's, so what, when I've had conversations about you with Hart, like there's this there's this story that oh Mark quit in the playoffs and he didn't really hurt his finger. Really? And Harp has said, man, I have never once played basketball with Mark O'Guire where he did not go all out the entire time. I don't know where that crap oh, comes I from. I mean, I, I know Mark's not a quitter. Like, like I, he's, I he's, 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 so I have yeah. this perception of you based on media and stuff growing up, and he's completely changed that because why would I listen to this?
shit when this guy was here yeah. and can tell me the real deal. And so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have this in the first place is he's yeah. helped me understand Mark Aguirre in a way that I didn't understand Mark. I always knew that you were A1 baller beast. You I saw knew me that. play, right? Oh, my God, you yes. You saw me play. You're incredible. Yeah. Okay, so it, you, go you, ahead. You don't – that doesn't just happen. You can't – I, I can't turn that on and turn that off. Right. I, you know, I can't. And a playoff can't. I mean, that's really like so far. It's how unfair, can, right? How, but how can you play that long, 82 games? You know, we were fine. We we're fine commercial then. You know, <laughs> uh, how can you play that long and get into that game and give up? How, how can yeah. you? I mean, I don't know of. Most people in the NBA want to get to that game, right? And I work all my years to get to that game, right? You know that seems like ludicrous, you know. But you know, I'm, but yeah, it was, unfortunately, that's the perception. But, that, that's, but it's, it's ludicrous, yeah. though, Smith. I mean, yeah, of I mean, course. but you know, I just know that you know, in the terms of uh, our organization back then, um, they weren't, um, they didn't. Um, kind of make sure that the right things came out of our organization. Mm -hmm. They didn't make sure the right things. So, Because that is like not in my entire career. Nowhere I've ever been, but that that playoff game. So if you look at my career before that, mm -hmm. and you look at my career after that, I mean, quit. Okay, well, geez, I could have went to Detroit and did what I did. And uh, let it be. But my insatiable attitude and appetite to win, here's your prime example. I went to Chuck Daly. Mm -hmm. Chuck didn't come to me. I called Isaiah, Chuck, and Joe Dumars, and we sat in a locker room, and I had our uh, uh, guy bring us down some stats. And I looked at him, and I was like, I say, you know I got to go to the bench, you know, and they was, I mean, Isaiah was, Isaiah was like, what, you you, you quit? Hold right, it. No, right, Isaiah, right, right. He said, you quitting on it? I think he even said that publicly. Mm -hmm. Are you quitting on us? I was like, hold it. Listen to what I'm saying to you. And, um, best for everybody. Yeah. and then I sit down and looked at it. I'll say, well, you know, Rick Mahorn left, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how delicate it is. He left and you wouldn't think Rick Mahorn meant that much to us, but what he did was he's changed our entire way. Uh, our lineup and how to play because now it was me, Rick, Bill Ambeer. Mm -hmm. You had Dennis, uh, Buddha Edwards, mm -hmm. and John Sally coming mm -hmm. off the bench. But you had him with uh, Buddha Edwards. You had him with uh, Finney Johnson. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we were powerful enough to handle that, all right? But then when you had to say Buddha Edwards, you anchor the second unit. Buddha had never done that before. So – I told Chuck, I like, Chuck, I'm the only one in here that is actually was the focal point on a franchise. Mm -hmm. Like, the ball right. came my way first. So, yeah. right. so I knew what to do with the ball and how to deliver it, what's supposed to be done. Vinny Johnson hadn't done that. Nobody had done that. I say, so we need some more production off of the, somebody anchored the second unit. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why I'm asking to go to the bench because our production had went down. And then Dennis – Basically, you have your top forward in the game at the beginning of the game. Mm -hmm. And 
what do we want? I think we could we could use that defense at the beginning of the game to shut some production down on their side. Right. And then I get to play against the bench right. guys off the bench, right. which gives us more production. Mm-hmm. Um, which so, is what Mavs fans had with Jason Terry all those years when yeah, Jet would come off go. the bench and just well, kill There you go. But you yeah. know, but the deal is is that, you know, when you talk about winning, um, you know, for someone to say something like that, that's the kind of stuff that's really devastating to me to hear somebody say, you know, that, that you quit, that I yeah. quit. You know, I was like, you know, I, 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 I would never, you know, it, I would never. I would there, never. There's so many things I think about as we're having this car because a lot of this too is memory, and memory's faulty, right? Right, right. Um, but uh, you know, I, I'm thinking about a lot of different things right now. But I do remember at the time. I remember if I read it in Basketball Digest or the paper that Mark wants to come off the bench in Detroit, and I remember mm. I remember having this thought of, why wouldn't he have done something like that here? But the truth is that you were making sacrifices here. It just people weren't getting it. They weren't getting the full story. No. They were getting half of a story. And I and please forgive me if I'm taking it somewhere I shouldn't. But part of me also, I mean, I grew up here. Understand what Dallas, Texas is like, mm-hmm. and I, part of it, I'm wondering about the perception of race and some of those kinds right. of things, right. um, because the truth is, is that media has always portrayed uh, African Americans a certain way, right. and a community is ready to read that about African Americans, mm-hmm. and I think part of this story is this kind of perception of, well, Mark was a greedy, selfish dude. And, you know, it was very <laughs> evident that you and Mata didn't get along. And and so, you know, there's just this negative aura around things, but people don't have the full story. And I think people are inclined to believe, uh, just to automatically yeah. believe certain things. They would believe things. the organization first. What's you know, that again? They would Sorry. believe the organization Absolutely. first. Yes, they would believe the organization first. You know, if you talk to to any of 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 to Norm to Rick's son, to have you talked to any of them since? Well, um, I have. I have talked to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, uh, you know, it's something that you hear. You know. Only to me, little mm-hmm. blemishes to come to me, and you know I've never reported or said anything bad about any teammate right. I've ever had. I right. won't. I won't do that. I'm not do that. You know. I mean, it's just that's just not me. Um, but I have. Um, but um, it's something that um, I think will be a a, a haunting thing regardless for our entire lives I think it'll it'll be that way because mm-hmm. I think once we it abruptly ended uh as we got older we kind of knew what we really had mm-hmm. you know and uh you were 20 then now you're 60 yeah but they know what but then <laughs> no, they know I what mean, you, you yeah. just have a different mindset yeah. at this mm-hmm. stage in your life yeah is is what I think you're saying. Yeah, but they yeah. they know what kind of person I am now, though. Yeah. I mean, what kind of person I was then is that yeah. you know I was very fiery, but I I've never disrespected um, publicly came out and disrespected over all this time. I mean, I had several times to just you know, but it wasn't right and it wasn't it wouldn't have been true. You know, I'm searching uh, my memory bank and I don't have any recollection no, of you ever saying anything publicly no, bad about it. Anybody. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I am not going to do that. I will not do that. That's that's 
That's not me. I, I can't Smith, do that. Would, does it matter to you, Mark, if if your jersey was hanging? Like, I, I never looked at my jersey being in the rafters as a big deal, right? You know mm-hmm. me. I know you. Never thought about it. You know, people used to – there was a time where I think Roe was thinking about petitioning for his jersey to be retired. And all due respect to Roe, love mm-hmm. him too. Mm-hmm. I would never do that. Does it matter to you whether or not 24 is ever worn again and hang, and hang in the American Airlines Center or whatever the new arena at yeah. some point is going to be? Does that matter to you at all? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be lying. You were the start to... of this franchise, Mark. Mark. You were the number one pick in the NBA draft in what, 81, 82? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So surely you had a, a, a hand in the growth of the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, right? so, yeah, so uh, but it it just it goes even further than that. Of course, I mean, it of goes course. to the fact that you know, other. I mean, I didn't go to Kentucky. I didn't go to Duke. Right. You know, I was in Chicago, and I went to DePaul. DePaul. Yeah. So, so by my, the way, at the time, I'm like ten years old. So yeah. I think DePaul's a powerhouse. I didn't realize <laughs> that you made DePaul a powerhouse. DePaul's just basketball school, man. They're a monster. No. That's because it is funny. Yeah. But I thought the same thing. Yeah, I really no, did. I mean, I used to watch school. Mark before I got to Dallas. Mm-hmm. I used to watch Mark grow, and I'm I'm telling you. That that's my whole point. Right. Not only did he put DePaul on the map, right, but he also put the Dallas Mavericks on the map. Absolutely. And that's why I fight for my brother. Do yes. you understand what yes. I'm saying? I fight for Mark because I tell people all the time, if it wasn't a Mark, it wouldn't be a Derek. It wouldn't be a Roe. And surely you will find your way mm-hmm. if you can play basketball at all. You will find your way. I was good enough. I was a high school all American and all that stuff. Right. But Mark took all of the pressure off of us as players. Ask Brad. Ask Rolando. Mm -hmm. Ask Jay Vincent. Ask Elston Turner. He took it all. He took the whoopings. He he took everything. Mm -hmm. He sacrificed a lot for us to be who we were. And with that being said, I just think that there's a start. you got to start in in this industry, right? Mm -hmm. So you've paid some dues. Mark paid a lot of dues, man, for everybody else. To uh, to get get theirs, yeah, I, I want to, and, and that's big. I, that's why I feel like his jersey should hang. Uh, it's not my decision, right? Who am I? Right, I, I'm nobody. Well, you're his teammate. I was his teammate, and I think he deserves that because he put it on the map. Uh, so what? What? So first what, number one pick, right? In the NBA draft, right. For the Dallas Mavericks, right. Something to be said for that. Man. Absolutely, and that yeah. was a year after Kiki wanted no part of being here, right? <laughs> And so Kiki gets traded, and I think that's how we got Roe was the ninth pick. Was it maybe? I, think, I can't. I think maybe so. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe, but, maybe that so. sounds but, right. But my whole uh, my point on this is like I'm a pretty media savvy person because I'm in the media. Mm-hmm. I know how this shit works. I'm also I grew up worshiping the Dallas Mavericks, mm-hmm. and so you know the whole reason we're having this conversation is because how much impact Derek's had on me and the way I think about you. Mm-hmm. And so as we're sitting here, I'm going, well, let, let's make this right. But if if we are going to quote-unquote make it right, part of it is going to be you're going to have to speak out for yourself. Like, we can speak for you. Yeah, yeah, I get but, that. But yeah. people are going to want to hear from Mark Aguirre. Well, see, I, you know, I understand that, but... Um, like you were just saying, you don't do the... I'm not telling you to be a politician, <laughs> but you're going to have to... You're going to have to speak up, man. Well, let me tell you, I understand what you're saying, but let me tell you... Um, 
what's kind of more important to me. No, I think what's more important to me is that, you know, um, and I might sound weird with saying this, is that I understand I would love to have my jersey retired. If I would say I wouldn't, I'm, I'm lying to you. But um, the experience that I had, don't get me wrong, the experience that I had with the Dallas Mavericks was incredible. Like I was saying, I'm just a kid from Chicago. Right. I didn't leave Chicago. I went to DePaul University, right, still right. in Chicago. Right. And I come down here as a pro, never being away like that. My experience in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and forget about what happened at the arena and the people and, the, mm-hmm. and, and, and all the things at the arena, but to live in Dallas at that time was incredible. I mean, I mean, I know we had our side, but to play at that time, to play on a beginning franchise with all rookies, right, and grow up with with them like that, you know, and then accomplish a goal like that, yeah, like I know it. Ugly, some ugly things went, but you know those ugly things don't match up to what I what I accomplished right. with those guys. So I can't, you know, I mean, I can speak up and say stuff. Yeah, well, they did me wrong. Well, you know, I understand that, but I think that you know I, it could have been better. But you know, just to be in Dallas, you know, believe me, as an NBA stop during that time. Everybody wanted to come to Dallas. Right. You know, the reunion the, the rowdies. reunion rowdies. Y'all are doing this as the Cowboys are kind of going the we other were, way. And, and we're in this city like yeah, that, yeah, in yeah. Dallas like that. Right. So, you know, my, my happy – I mean, I won titles. It was, very, it was great. It was, to win championships in Detroit was great. I experienced that. But the bulk of me and my life as an NBA player – it was here. Right. Yeah, it was here. So, you know, there's nothing I can really say. I mean, I wish it had went better, but I didn't have – I have no control over that. I mean, there's no way I wanted to leave Dallas. Right. You know, I think it was it was more of um, a, a hole was dug and you couldn't get out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, I mean, I, I had uh, so many things said, you know, and then our team was separated, you know, because, right. you know, for me to – Hear them say, really hurt for teammates to say that uh, they, you know, we'd be better without them. Or they, that was, yeah. oh God, that was like, right. that was that was devastating too. You know, I've never had a teammate in my life. I mean, you right. can call back from anybody you want to call back. I, I'm a I'm a teammate. I mean, I'm the guy that you call at three o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah, I'm that guy. You I know. wish everybody knew that Roy lived with you. I wish the like, I, like I hear this stuff. And, and by the it's way, man, fact. it's fact, man. Yeah. And people don't know this stuff. No. The, when when you went to the golf course with Brad, is that when you dropped twenty nine and a quarter? Like yeah. that's the next day. <laughs> the next. I mean, these day. are great yeah. stories. That no, I wish people day. knew. Yeah, I mean, man, I tell you, when I got here, Brad was the guy for me because I didn't really have anybody to look right. at. Dirk wasn't here. It was me, Rondo. Elston, right. Jay, Corny uh, Thompson, Corny Thompson, Scott Neil Lloyd, Barnett, Pat, Pat was Pat here for Cummings, a little while. Uh, Kirk Nymphia, yeah, you don't remember Scott Lloyd? Scott Lloyd, I had Scott yeah. Lloyd. Scott. I had. Scott does the color commentary on the uh, game at Moody Madness. It's Scott's yeah. one of the dudes on the broadcast. And, yeah, uh, Alan Stone. Yes, yeah. Jim Spinarco. Jim Spinarco. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it was. Um, 
I don't, I don't I mean, part of my fault. I, I wasn't a politician, you know, and I didn't know how to navigate. But you're also young. You're very young. I don't like, know how to navigate. Uh, uh, being young and being in the spotlight. You that, don't know that's what being impossible. a politician yeah. is. Uh, right. Uh, you right. were speaking your mind. Well, I, that's what teams do. Yeah, you, you know, were speaking your mind when, do, yeah. when in a time where you, you're not. You're supposed to shut up and dribble. Yeah, right? yeah, right. Yeah, I was supposed yeah. to shut. That's what I, was, yeah. I can't. I can't do that. Yeah, I, I, I mean that's I what, that's basically what it was. Yeah, I, at I, that particular time, you were sincerely supposed to just. Shut well, up I had and, that ugly side it. though too. I mean, I had an ugly side meaning that. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> well, I had the ugly side meaning that when it came to other teams and mm-hmm. other people like that, um, I, I don't know what it was. I mean, I didn't want to just beat them. I wanted them to like. Never want to see me again. You know? <laughs> right, I right. mean, no, I, I mean, I want to leave that imprint in it. And then as a team, I felt that we should leave that imprint. No, let's just don't beat them. I mean, let's let them know that, you know, don't yeah. try it anymore. I don't want to, you know, when we come to town, you can buck up if you want to. But my boys that are standing behind me, we won. So, we so, won. So that's like, you know, you'll hear that referred to as that bunker mentality, right? We're all in this bunker. Mm-hmm. It's us against the world. Right. But I also hear you talk about divisions that were mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. The and, and, you know, my mind starts racing, and I'm like, okay, uh, were, the division, were there divisions amongst teammates because of, like, coaching situations or front office? Or what is your perception of what those divisions were? I can't say what they were. But I mean, you felt it. I mean, I felt it, and then certain things that would be said. I mean, I uh, uh, even my teammate, he's a good guy. You know, we cool. But um, Roe hurt me real bad. Mm-hmm. That when he said on one interview, he said um, that I didn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. And I was I've seen like, that clip before. And I was like, Roe, you never, you never talked to me and knew the issues behind what was, what I was you know, really dealing with, you know, you, and, and that was never, man, Dallas, man. I mean, I'm here now. Right. My right. family's here. Right. My right, kids right, here, right you know, right. we could go live where we want to live. Right. Um, but, um, you know, and then I hear different, you know, I don't know how true they are, so I can't, I can't say, but then it was like teammates didn't want to play with me. And, and when I heard this stuff, I was like, it, it hurt hard right. because, I've laid down for each and every one of them. I've laid down from number 12 to number, you know, from debt. Me and mm-hmm. Detlef got to be friends. Matter right. of fact, we played one-on-one every day. Me, him, and uh, uh, Roy Tarpley mm-hmm. just getting our games together. And as from a freshman, I mean from a freshman, from a rookie, <laughs> I could see his game like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because we played every day. And me and Det got tight, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm trying to figure out. Who who would is this true or is this just something coming out of the media? Because right. I've never ever done anything to any of my t- teammates. You, I, you I know what's interesting about all this to me, and I've I've told Derek this. Uh, so uh, you know, I grew up reading Randy Galloway, mm-hmm. and then later in life, I got to work with Randy Galloway, mm-hmm. and I love Randy Galloway. Mm-hmm. It, Randy shaped me to think that Mark might not be the best person. And then later in life when I worked with Randy, he said so many great things about you. And it's like, you know, it's just so different now because players have their own media platforms, yeah. right? And yeah. it's it's and their agents are fighting for them. And all this stuff mm-hmm. is so different than what y'all went through. But those perceptions were cast 
by newspaper columns. Yes, like, was. hell, you only watched five games a year on TV. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's, it's just true. That's it's so point. different. And so it's almost like whatever happened then for the from a fan perspective is hearsay. Mm-hmm. It's this massive cloud of hearsay. And you live perspective, you know, which is a very powerful thing. Right. How people perceive the information or the pieces of information that they get. Right. You just perceive, oh, he's a bad guy. I never I ne- I never knew Mark Aguirre. I knew what I read about Mark right. Aguirre. Well, and so I grow up it. thinking Mark Aguirre is this person. <laughs> and then and then I get close with Harp and Harp is like, man, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're wrong. You're just straight no. wrong on this stuff. I was no. there. I know. I wasn't there. I just that. know I Mark is not I wasn't this, that. Um, I wasn't that, no. You know, he he's mm. he he's just not I always tell these, tell skin, tell different people that you're misunderstood. And you, we were talking the other day, and you were saying how, you know, I haven't talked about this stuff. I hadn't, I hadn't talked to anybody. I hadn't said a word no, no. about anybody. I haven't, I haven't no. done it, and you haven't. No, I don't do that. And to Skin's point earlier, Smith, I think I agree with him that you should talk about it. That it should be in the atmosphere of who you are, and and and. Because you're human, man. You well, understand Smith, what I'm saying? I understand what Smith, you're saying. We, but Listen, Smith, we all have made – I know I've made so many mistakes still doing it. Mm-hmm. Fall short. Cast the first stone if you're without fault, right? Right, right? We've all gone through things, man. We've all said stuff, done stuff. I know I have, man. I'm going to make five more that, mistakes before dinner, and I'm right, 50, man. I mean, what the I, hell? <laughs> <laughs> so, man, I'm telling you, man, I, I just wanted – I appreciate you coming up here, one. Me too. This is extraordinary. And I just want you to be able, man, to get your due. I'm not anybody to to do that for you. I don't have – this isn't my team, my organization. I like being a part of it. Do you Mm. understand what I'm saying? I understand it. But you des- if I deserve that, you deserve that because you you're the one that started this stuff, man. You're the one that that started the Mavericks franchise. Yeah, well, at one point, Smith, you just you know there's <laughs> become so, numb. <laughs> no, but there's so many things that's so more. Uh, I mean, get to be more important. Yeah, you know, especially after a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like you get to a point where you know that's not going to happen. You know, and uh, oh, it could happen. Yeah, well, but why keep bumping my head or looking <laughs> at it that way? Yeah. You know, and it's been this long, yeah. and, and it's like, um, you know, you go back and you say, "Well, okay, I understand the things that were said," but then, you know, the people didn't know you, right? They're like, "Jeez," you know. I, I look, I had no control over that. You know, I know you. I say, "Yeah, I know you know me." You know, but. That was said, and I can't. It it doesn't go away. I can't go. It won't go away. You know. And well, look. It, if I if I have things that upset me, and I don't think I can change them, I compartmentalize them. I stick them over in this part of my brain, and I pretend like it ain't there. Right. But it doesn't solve the problem. It does not. Right. And so, you know, I, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, we haven't even scratched the surface. And so I'm sitting here going, well, we just need to keep. Having Mark, I mean, there should be one where you guys are talking. I'm not even talking, so people can hear what really happened so we can shape those those sort of ideas because i mean if if the young folks are listening to this they're going to go on youtube and they're going to see you ball and they're going to be like damn man that dude was like 6566 six, six, and just palmed the ball away from everybody and just owned yeah. whoever Absolutely. i mean just dominated people and then if you had a bigger dude on him you just took him outside and started ra- i mean right. you were an offense you got 29 a year 29 a game one year 
Yeah, I yeah. mean, think about 25, that. Twenty-five, a bunch of for four yeah. or five years. Well, you know, I mean, it, I mean, I, I, I don't uh, think. I'm sorry, Mark, and yeah. I, I don't think it's about game. No, I agree. It's not about talent. That right. can't be questioned. Right. You understand what I'm saying? It's more the perception of the guy. The perception's gotten in the way of some stuff that it should. There's no have. question yeah. about it, Skin, and that's why that's why I'm standing up and 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 supporting my man. Well, it's me, because well, Mark me, is me, not me, that guy. Well, right. let me tell you my fear. This is my biggest fear. Boo. No fear. Is that um, usually in order to get to the bottom of a scenario like this, you know, uh, Mr. Mr. Ga- yeah, Mr. Galloway. Yeah. He came to you after previously saying what a bad guy I was mm-hmm. to, you know, what good things – Without right. me, after that, right, and you know, I, geez, thank him for that. But it opens up a lot of wounds. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and a lot of wounds, and some of those wounds could hurt people. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. you know, and me, yeah, yeah, yeah and me, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna bring up nothing that's gonna say something that's gonna. You know, hurt right. people and have somebody looking at that individual different. Mm-hmm. I'm right. not going to be the creator of that. So that's understandable I, yeah, and not, respectable. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. No way. Well, what I'd like to do, if you're open, since it's open run. Yeah, that's what this show is called, Open Run. You see how we ran with you? <laughs> <laughs> we opened it up to you and just ran. Yeah. With it. We just ran the court all day long, man. We never left the court. I'm scared of do. So we, I'd lo- I'd love for this to happen again. I'd, I'd love for you to come back I'll up. Come out here anytime. Yeah, man. yeah. Stan, I'm a simple guy, man. Well, I want to tell you I'm something to you. There's guy. no way you know this. So uh, when I was 15 years old, no, 16 years old, I had the best job I'd ever a 16 year old could have. I used to during the day from nine to three, only working this summer, working six hours. I worked in the accounting department of the Institute for Aerobics Research right over there off Preston, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Preston Forest. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the man over there at that, his name was Charles Sterling. He was my dad's JV coach at Lake Highlands in the 70s. Charles is a great man. He's the one that got me interested in music. Great man. And then at 3 o'clock when I got off work, I'd go run full court where Mark mm-hmm. and Dennis Thurman, some of those guys yeah, would play. Yeah, and there was actually yeah. a pickup game where I was supposed wow. to be checking Mark, and so Mark was nice enough to never go past half court. And he would let me shoot, and he would race. And so then I got to go to school and go, man, I checked Mark McGuire at the aerobic center. I'm telling you, man, I, he and I were covering each other. Oh, my goodness. It was, it was a beautiful so time. That was some of the – I used to tell Hart that that was oh, – that stuff was some of the most beautiful. That was a yeah. beautiful part because I it stopped was. at so. I was playing for the Mavericks and I used to stop at so many of those parks. I used to play, right, used to play right over here. Uh-huh. Next door. Used to be North Dallas yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 right. And that guy's in there. I used to play with guys in there, man. It was, you know, just to see them guys, times, man, to like say, Mark, you playing with us? And then we go right down the street, right down the street, and get burgers and stuff like no, that, it was man. Good time. Those guys, man, to to and then see them come to the game. Right, it was like the epitome of like, man, you know, 
I used to. I was playing with him. You coming to the, you coming to the gym tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be there. Tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Let's run. Yeah, yeah. Let's run the yeah, car. No, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that was like, man. I played in so many little gyms and parks, and yeah. you know, just show up. I just yeah. show up, you know, and put my shoes on. They like, Marco, go. I say, yeah, man. I'm playing with you. Right. You know where our team at? You know, and right. I wouldn't. You know, but we, yeah, yeah. It as a condition, oh man, right? let me tell you how cool that that was. Some of the coolest yeah. stuff. That's why I was over at the the uh, uh, the aerobic center. Yeah, because yeah, it was right around from where I lived at, and I mm-hmm. go to the aerobic center to get lift on and see y'all out there playing and say, "Come on, let's, let's go." go. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Wow, yeah. that was fun. Well, we're gonna do yeah. this again. We're gonna drag you back up here. Ain't no biggie, man. All right. Yeah. Ain't no biggie. Ain't no biggie, man. I enjoyed it. I appreciate you, Josh. You know Come on, man. You know. <laughs> See, now this guy right here, I'm just letting you know. Yeah. My life is quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quiet. And I, you know, a lot of, I don't move much. Yeah. And, but, you know. I can get you, I can get him over here. Oh, See, please. That's Anytime. That's yeah. beautiful. When he called me this time, I was like, Let's go. All right, what you doing? <laughs> like, he say, he say, I need you. you well, what time you want? What time you want to talk? Yeah. You know. So, no, I, I, I trust him like, yeah, man. with everything. I just and, think everything. it's been too long, man. You know, I think you, you should be able to walk around Dallas. Not that you're not. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Dude, the perception ain't around, it ain't like that around Dallas. Oh, I mean, uh, I mean I, it ain't spin. you know. I mean, <laughs> quietly, uh, yeah, it ain't like that but around Dallas. No, Dallas. they right. I go, man. They give me love. love. I mean, right. love, man. They give me love yeah. in Dallas. Matter of fact, I don't <laughs> think I've ever had a person. Damn, it's a long time ago. Yeah. But they only think about when, oh man, I thought y'all was gonna be the Lakers and I thought yeah, 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 Moody yeah. Madness and yeah, yeah, they don't yeah, they, yeah. they never talk about me the you, trade man. stuff. They right. they that you know no reason why we were beating the Lakers. No, nah, please don't say that nah, because because I had I, I wasn't gonna guard James Worthy. <laughs> Sam, Sam, go get <laughs> Sam, go get <laughs> I can't do that. I couldn't guard Larry Bird. <laughs> I'm like, look, I know my limitations. We're a team, man. That's your, jo- that so that's well your job, said. man. <laughs> I can't do it. All right, you do it. <laughs>